Hello and welcome to the Modesto Mahiga 360 Leadership Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to leverage tech to build global solutions in Africa. I am joined by Irene Kiwia, a Pan-African Social Economic Champion. She is a good friend of mine. This phenomenal phenomenal African global leader, has a career that spans over 17 years in media, marketing, communications, technology, and development programs that are focused on youth and women empowerment. She is the co-founder and chief growth officer of Adanian Labs, a Pan-African venture studio on mission to actuate the tech revolution in Africa by building 300 tech startups by 2025. She's also the founder of TWA, a global digital platform for women to build communities, network, and mentor each other. She is the founder of eCoba, an AI-driven fintech platform designed to integrate underserved financially excluded populations in Africa into the financial ecosystems through community savings and lending platforms. She is also the founder of the Africa Blockchain Center, a company that focuses on building blockchain capacity in Africa. Irene, who is a mother of three boys, holds a Bachelor of Arts in in International Relations from the University of Dar es Salaam and an MBA in Marketing from the same institution. Irene's accolades are that she's a Fortune State Department Global Woman Leader, Global Health and Diplomacy Fellow, Woman of the Year by Africa Reconnect, Obama Africa Leader, African Women Innovation and Entrepreneurship Forum, Empowerment Award Finalist, Women in Africa Platform Tanzanian Ambassador, Invest to Impact Tanzanian Ambassador, and a Tanzania Country Head for SADC, this is the Southern African Development Community, Women in Business, and an advisory board member of the African Women in Energy and Power Initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, Irene Kiwia, welcome to the Modesta Mahiga 360 Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Modesta. What an exciting time. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I'm thrilled to have you. I have a lineup of questions that not only will share the amazing things you're doing, but I think this is going to put a fire on somebody else that is looking to dare to go across the continent, across the world with their initiative. My first question to you, though, Irene, what a pivot from marketing, media, PR to tech. What's the story behind that? Wow. Well, um, so as you know, I have always been an entrepreneur. So I started my PR company uh, when I graduated from university in 2004. And after 16 years of doing that, which means I need to update that bio because, uh, you know, three years <laughs> have gone in since I wrote that. But after years of being in PR, I was really, really passionate about, you know, creating platforms to empower women. And I think in my journey building the PR business, I was always motivated, you know, to run CSR project programs, you know, that would connect women and bring in different stakeholders, create platforms for mentorship, platform for women to um, run leadership seminars, etc. So I think I'm known more for my work uh, running women programs than I'm known for my work in PR and media. So that's always been my passion from when I started the company in 2004. And I think around 2016, many years later, I really wanted to, um, to do something, you know, that would scale. And, you know, PR and marketing being a service business, you know, I could see that there was a shift, you know, with digital communication and digital marketing companies, budgets were reducing, companies were hiring internal uh, PR and media people, they wanted more digital solutions, and the service industry was not really um, a scalable thing. And I wanted to do something bigger than that. But I also wanted to do something that would address some of the insights that I have learned through the years, um, building women platforms, and especially focus around how women access finance, you know, um, running mentorship programs, how women can connect with each other, how women can access markets and create wealth, uh, wealth for themselves and their communities. So that journey um, took me um, out on a learning journey where I started exploring, you know, what that could look like. I started exploring what my next career could look like. And uh, yes, I just found technology, uh, took a year off, you know, to really immerse myself and learn because I was one of those people 
who, when someone mentioned technology, I'll just close off. I'll be like, that's for other people. That's not for me. I'm in PR. I'm in marketing. I'm in women empowerment, you know? So during that year, I went on a learning journey, you know, um, trying to understand where the world is at as far as technology is concerned, where Africa is at, where my country, Tanzania, is at, you know, what solutions are being uh, built, what innovations are being built. And it was a huge, huge discovery moment for me and by the time i finished my one year break i was a whole new person and i knew exactly what i needed to do next oh my word irene you know for those who don't know you they may not appreciate right how established you had been in the in the spaces that you know you you moved and 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 operated in to have the foresight and the humility to say first of all times are changing i need to shift with the shifting you know season but then to go and immerse yourself in a completely new area this isn't somebody who Maybe it was kind of sort of trying out business and they're trying to see, you know, you, you know, that licking forefinger and putting up your, your, your finger in the air, like which way are the winds going? No, you were extremely established and extremely uh, um, respected in your fields. What, you know, I, I, I just want, I, I am amazed at that. And I think that gives people the liberty, right? Give yourself permission to pivot no matter how much you you associate yourself with what you do. Don't get your identity wrapped up in what you do and what you've built. Absolutely. And, and I think for me, as much as I loved public relations, media, marketing, and at that point, I was a partner of a global PR company, US-based uh, firm, Porta Novelli. And it was quite exciting. I had clients not just in Tanzania, but across East Africa, Central Africa, Southern Africa. Africa. And there was a huge potential to scale that part of the business. But I also wanted to build something that will outlast me. Right. And um, I, I wanted to build something that, you know, will create impact, something that was bigger than myself. And I knew, you know, uh, from the journey that I had started with technology, I could do multiple things. You know, I could still build solutions around media communication and marketing, you know, and still be able to solve that, which I have done. Right. So it was just a beautiful discovery that, you know, the world is really evolving. And um, I wanted to create wealth for myself, but also for uh, my community, but also for the continent. Because I also saw how, you know, even though there is a fourth industrial revolution that is taking place, everybody's talking about it, people are doing things around it. But are we really participating as a continent? You know, are we building solutions that we are using? Are we capacitating young people? Are we positioned to leverage this thing? Or are we just talking about it? And then 40 years from now, we're going to wake up and say, well, well, there was another revolution and this is what happened, right? So I, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid at all. And uh, for me, I think, you know, to what you've just said, I always see my journey as an evolution possibility, right? Where you go from one thing to the other and it's not about failing. It's about, you know, doing what needs to be done so that you can continue on whatever path it is that you're setting for yourself, you know, and it, it changes. It's not static. So good. So rich. Now, you saw when you took that year out, not only did you immerse yourself in technology, you say that you got to see gaps. You got to see, and you just mentioned it right now that look, we're talking about the fourth revolution, but we could well be passed by it. So, what are the gaps that you've seen that you're now turning into opportunities for African entrepreneurs and African businesses? One of the things that I understood very quickly, you know, uh, was the fact that we do not have enough talent, you know, when it comes to technology, especially building smart technology, which is AI centric, blockchain centric and Web3 centric. I remember my first um, attempt to building a platform. I wanted to build a platform that would um, connect women or help women build digital communities. And I was able to find a team in Tanzania 
that helped me put it together. And I knew nothing about building anything, you know, so I was learning as they were building it. And, you know, what I knew was the outcome, you know, that I want a platform where women can sign in, build digital communities, sell their products and services, you know, so I knew what I wanted out of it, but I didn't know what was needed to get it done. You know, um, a year and a half later, I, I was able to get a platform, but then I realized, okay, so this thing is not static. I need to continue building on it. And I didn't have enough resources in terms of, of, um, of, you know, access to the right talent, you know, so I had to travel to Kenya. I was introduced to a group of people who were building things, you know, so that journey in itself told me that, okay, so if, you know, me, someone who has been in business all this, you know, while has networks, has, you know, a few resources, is not able to build something in my own um, country and I have to go around finding people. You, you understand, if my journey was like that, you know, what about the young people who are coming up with fresh ideas every other time? And then when mm. I looked into that further, I saw that, okay, the research says that, you know, over 98% of um, technology startups that are built out of Africa fail within 24 months. And, you know, it makes sense. And if you look further and look at, okay, so what are these technology companies, you know, that we keep reading about, that we're hearing, that are winning, that are raising fans, you know, because at that point there was a lot of money that was coming into the continent. Then, you know, I saw that the money was going to companies that were founded by European founders, you know, Harvard graduates from the U.S. You know, so then you start wondering, okay, so if this is a fourth industrial revolution and here is a continent that is positioned to be the largest continent in the next you know, few decades with the youngest population and we're not even building solutions that are, are solving our problems, but this is a revolution of data, you know, and we're using all these solutions that are imported. Where are we going to be? You know, so that was the beginning of, you know, the issues that I saw around what needed to be done. And from then on, I thought, okay, how, what, what, what needs to be done? What needs to be done is to build a platform that will uh, proactively and intentionally invest in technology companies and handhold them and build those ventures to make sure that they go to market and those companies will be solving African solutions. But also we need to tackle the other problem, which is access to talent, you know, so building digital skills around artificial intelligence, around blockchain, around, you know, all those different things, cyber securities, which are the, uh, the talent or the skill sets that are needed, not just today. Right. And then that was kind of how the, um, the journey started or, and, and, and it became um, the foundation of what Adenian Labs is today. Oh, Irene, thank you. Thank you for that. Because I love the narrative that Africa is equipping to not just um, deliver African solutions, but global solutions. Right. One in four people by 2050 are going to be African. The African population is the youngest. Um, and so not only for labor, you know, skilled labor and these new skills, tech driven skills, labor, but also for as a consumer base. Um, now, could you tell us a little bit more about the businesses that that and platforms that you use to drive this vision? I do you know on, the honest truth is Irene. I wanted to ask you. Okay, tell tell us what AI blockchain service. I really want to. I really want to go there. Truly, truly. And then I was like, mm, now you're exposing yourself. Let's pretend everybody already knows. Actually, you'll be surprised. We're all learning every day. You know, we're learning on the job, and we're learning every day. And you know, um, you, you would imagine that. Um, we, we ought to know these things, but they're not easy to understand. And, you know, we're busy doing our real lives and unless you, you really take the time off. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. I am I'm learning on the job. I launched the Africa Blockchain Center when I was not even sure what blockchain was, you know. So there you have it. But yes, yeah, so the platforms um, that that we're using. So Adenian Labs, um, like I said, was formed um, out of a vision to build a prosperous Africa that is powered by innovative technology. And our mission, we say, is to actuate the tech revolution on the continent. And we do it in always. A, we are a venture builder, so we invest in technology companies and we invest 
day one because that's that's when nobody wants to get their hands dirty. They uh, a lot of investors are waiting for companies to be profitable, you know, before they bring in their money, which is understandable. But you know, if we are not being intentional about about building ventures, then who is going to become profitable? I mean, it took so many years um, and so much money. Uh, research money, patient capital for chat GPT to be birthed. And and one of the challenges in Africa is that there's not enough patient capital. We don't do a lot of R&D. So we are always going to be a consumer-centric um, type of um, um, population. And in this particular era, we need to start building solutions. We need to be producers of the solutions that we consume. Mm-hmm. This is a mm. data revolution era. We need to own our data. So we invest mm. um, in technology-driven companies. We give uh, funding, but we also capacitate um, the innovators with access to uh, resources, whether it's technology resources or any resource that they need, because we understand they come from from um, uh, from they're fresh. You know, most of the entre- tech entrepreneurs are fresh. They don't have the network, the access. So we handhold, make sure they build the solution that they have to build. Make sure it's mm-hmm. built, you know, with global standards and it's something that is mm-hmm. scalable. And then we take them to market. So we're very very intentional in our approach to venture building. And in the last um, four, three and a half years, we've invested in over 40 companies across five countries. And the second thing that we do is um, capacity building, building Mm. digital skills, you know, for young people, but also for industry leaders and government leaders, because we, we saw that, you know, it has to be a 360 empowerment plan. So we yeah. launched centers of excellence around AI, blockchain, and AI, uh, IoT. So we have the AI Center of Excellence that we launched in 2021. And then we launched the Africa Blockchain Center in 2022 and the IoT company in 2023. And we have been building technical capacity, so training data scientists, AI engineers, blockchain programmers, and you know, training industry leaders. Actually, interestingly, today I had um, a group of business leaders from Gibbs um, University here in Johannesburg, and they came to our lab for a full-day immersion of you know what data transformation is and what it could do to their businesses. You know, so um, technical skilling, especially uh, digital skilling, rather, um, in is is another pillar and the third thing that we do is we are a technology company we wanted to build solutions that are truly creating impact in africa's key sectors so from health to agriculture to financial services to media advertisement we have built so many technology tools so we say we consider ourselves a microsoft of developing world and we say this because we have built solutions that are ensuring the informal sector in Africa is part of the digitized economy. You know, so B2B2C solutions that are powering businesses to be able to bring in the informal sector because the face of Africa is informal. We, we, we have to... We have to, to do something about it. We can't talk about um, digitization and, and think about, you know, just digitizing our corp- corporations and our institutions and, 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 and leaving that uh, smallholder farmer uh, in an agriculture value chain out of, the, um, out of the way or leaving that woman who is saving in a Vicoba or a Stockfeld or a Susu. It's called many different things, these village community banks, you know, selling in a market. We can't leave them out of the digital economy. So we are a technology company and we have built solutions for multiple industries. We're currently onboarding partners and affiliates and channel and distribution um, partners to ensure that our technology is delivered across multiple sectors, countries, etc. And the fourth thing that we do, which is extremely exciting, you know, we were very intentional from day one to have an infrastructure across multiple countries on the continent because the opportunity for technology is in the 1.3 billion people that, you know, um, are, are in Africa. And, you know, with us becoming the largest continent very soon, we wanted to have an infrastructure that will support African tech companies to be able to move from one country to the other. You know, uh, so how do we launch South African companies in Nigeria? How do we launch Nigerian companies in Tanzania, etc.? Because what we saw 
is, you know, when, when investors look at putting their money on technology investments, and I am from Tanzania and I'm talking about a 50 million, you know, or 65 billion uh, people opportunity. And then there's a Harvard graduate who have really understood you know, how this thing work and is positioning a 1.3 billion opportunity. Obviously, an investor will invest in, 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 in the 1.3 billion opportunity. But because of how we are structured as African citizens, it's very, very difficult to move from one country to the other. So we want to build that infrastructure so that we can help other companies launch and, and scale from one market to the other. So those are the four things that we do at Adenian Labs. This is incredible. This is, and, and, and these are the times that we're in, right, with AFTA and what the continent is doing to further integrate and make doing business across the continent and, and partnerships across the continent all that much easier. And speaking of partnerships, you know, I, I wanted to ask you if building a Pan-African tech solutions has been different from building a global PR franchise, franchise in one market. And I think you started to talk about that, right? The partnerships uh, that you that, that you have to build then to to make this truly Pan-African. It's not. I mean, first of all, we don't have the resources to go into a market and 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 do everything on our own. So our model is extremely partnership driven, right? So we um, we believe that we cannot do this without partnering with other people. So the way we have positioned ourselves. We have built a rail network, right? So we've built a horizontal model, which was very heavy, you know, um, doing multiple things at the same time. You're investing in ventures, you're building capacity, you're building solutions, you're building infrastructure across markets. You know, it sounded a bit crazy, but, you know, that was the only way we would have been able to scale from our point of view. And now it makes sense. So when we go into a market, you know, we, we, we identify um, local technology companies and we say, we have these solutions, you know, are you interested? We can power you to power the different um, industries and the different economies in your market. Okay, we have developed all these different curriculums, you know, we can launch um, a training program and, and train young people. So we're able to sit with government with uh, development partners, with industry partners, and really highlight the problems and say we've we've, we've built some assets, you know, we've built uh, the skill sets or the capabilities, you know, how can we do this in this market? And we showcase, you know, why it's critical, right, for a country or an economy to do what's necessary in terms of building ventures that are are, are creating a digital economy within within the country or um, training and building a pool of technology talent, but also capacitating industry leaders in that market. So, I mean, it's this thing is here, right? This data mm -hmm. revolution is here. So we either do it now, we adopt it now, or we pay the price tomorrow. Yeah, but it's here and uh, either we are coach ready or we are not. So it was very different from building um, a PR com co company within one market, you know, I, I, it took longer for some reasons because I was also, you know, it was, yes, I had, I, I had a business partner, you know, but the model was different, you know, and, and it's a service business and, you know, I was learning also and, and, and evolving and, you know, everything was different. I was not leveraging technology. The beauty about building a platform business or building a technology business is the, fa the, the, the opportunity to, for scale. Yeah, so which is different from, uh, when you're building a regular traditional service business. So, but I, I'm using a lot of those lessons, you know, that I've accumulated over the years, um, building a, a PR company out of Tanzania and partnering with a global um, US-based company. You know, so I'm using all of that. Nothing is lost. It's, it's, it's what's actually helped me and, and, and uh, be able to do what I've done, you know, within the Adenian Labs uh, ecosystem, building this ecosystem across the five countries uh, in, in three and a half years. And we're very excited. We're looking to um, open into new markets, you know, so we are setting up in Mozambique, in Namibia, in Lesotho, in Malawi, in Uganda, in Rwanda. I mean, the aim is to be in as many um, countries as possible, but because of how we've structured our business, we are a very lean organization, we operate through a, a network of partners, which in essence is how the global um, giants, the global um, technology companies 
who are playing in the software space manage to build multi-billion dollar companies across the world is through channel partners. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is powerful. Now, for, for you as an entrepreneur, um, what was your process as a business leader to make that switch as a personal brand? And in your personal development, I mean, you you spoke about the you're taking a year and really immersing yourself. Did you find that you had to um, make intentional, deliberate communication shifts to re-emerge, to evolve and re-emerge now as as um, a tech icon, really, on the African continent? Yeah, I mean, it it was a very interesting time because you I obviously had to continue operating in the way I was operating while I'm building a parallel thing, you know, next to, to, to my daily operations. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it seemed very complicated at the time, but I had to co- communicate to my, to my team to say, you know, um, this is the future. And yes, as we're doing this, I'm building this on the side and it will be great mm-hmm. if, you know, at the end of it, we're able to break all the walls and we become one thing. Um, and you know, um, uh, each opportunity I got in the journey, I was able to communicate, you know, with the clients, with, you know, different stakeholders. So, so it, it was a journey, but, but it was also complicated even for me, you know, because um, I'm used to being a certain way and doing certain things. And now there's this new thing I'm working on. I don't know it a hundred percent. I'm figuring it out on the job, you know? Mm. So, so it was, it was quite interesting, but the only good thing is it was a process that I had done before. Right. So I was not scared. Yes. I was excited. The possibilities were exciting, but uh, it was, it, it was a journey to a point where I was confident and comfortable enough, you know, to say, okay, you know what? Actually, maybe a merger of these two is not going to work. Let's just, you know, close this down and, you know, move on, you know, with this new chapter. And, you know, it was also interesting because I I, I didn't do it on my own. I partnered mm. with other people. So it was not a lonely journey. Uh, we were leveraging each other's skill sets. And I think that is one of the greatest things about, you know, what we've managed to do, you know, partnerships, you know, from day one, even Adenian Labs is three co-founders. I'm from Tanzania. One of them is from Nigeria. The other one is from Kenya. And we all bring, you know, our many years of, of experience into the table. So it made the journey easier. And then coming from different countries, we were able to bring in different insights and we we're able to scale quicker, you know, because on day one, we were able to have a presence in Tanzania, Kenya and Nigeria. Right. <laughs> so, so, so that was quite interesting. Oh, this is so powerful. Um, what what that's that's also saying to um, the benefit of having been an entrepreneur and having started things before is this is not my first rodeo, right? It may be a new uh, industry. It may be you know a, a new platform, and I'm leveraging new techs. But I have experience as an entrepreneur. I've started things before. I've built them from the ground up. I'm just transferring those to something else. You know, this lessens the fear of of delving into new spaces. It does. It does. Yes. Now, something that you you know, and, and I'm really really now asking or, or sharing. Um, because it's it's one place to talk about the business and and what we want to do in the business as a leader as a mother you have had to make difficult personal decisions to start seeing this vision that you have for the continent and and, and for inclusion um, of women and youth in um in the you know in the fourth revolution on the continent you literally uprooted and moved your family to pursue this dream. Why did you feel you had to do that? You know, you had to physically move from one place to another. And how have you gotten your boys behind the vision and and, and supported them to adjust to the new environment? <laughs> wow. Um, it's It's been quite a trip, Modesta, right? Quite mm. a trip. And... Um, I mean, when I when I was going through this um, evolution, I, I I had three kids. I still, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a mother of three kids, so I just I had just had my third uh, boy, and um, you know, 
I knew that for me to be able to build um, what I envisioned, I had to move from Tanzania to Kenya because, you know, um, the environment there was conducive enough to allow me to build, right? And because the first phase of, of, of this was building. It's not like we, we had a product to sell on day one, so we had to go on a building spree. And the first thing I did was to, to move my older son, you know, to a school in Kenya so that, you know, at least it feels like home. And he was old enough to, to be able to go to a boarding school. But I had to spend the next two years, you know, sh- traveling back and forth between Tanzania and Kenya. So I would spend one month in Kenya, one month in Tanzania, one month in Kenya, one month in Tanzania. And I did that for two and a half years. And you know, I remember at the, at, the, at, the, you know, at the peak of COVID, you know, the borders are closed. There are no flights back and forth. And I have to uh, use, you know, travel by road, you know, from Dar es Salaam to Kilimanjaro to, you, you, you understand? So it was, it, it was, it was, it was quite a, a, a tough period and, and, you know, obviously have to be away from my children, you know, for, for a full month back and forth. But, you know, I, I'm really grateful. I, I had a really good support system and um, a, a very supportive father <laughs> who was, you know, was able to, 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 to make it easy for me to do that. And, and my children um, understand, I think um, one of my sons, told me one day, mom, you're, you're very, very hardworking. It's very inspiring. And, and, and they keep asking me, mom, you're, you're really changing the world, aren't you? Like they see, they see my work, they see my input and, and um, they see that drive. And, and uh, I, I, I tell them, you know, this is, this is the way to do it. I, I don't want to wake up 40 years from now and then have my grandchildren ask me, uh, grandma, when the fourth industrial revolution was taking place, people were doing things, what were you doing, right? And, and, and for me, I think, and I believe, you know, um, to, to the core of my being, that we are a very unique generation, all of us who are alive today, because we are tasked by the responsibility of doing what is right, you know, um, to, to fight for this particular um, particular um, era, you know, and, and, and whatever we do today will truly determine um, the narrative of this continent for years to come, for years yeah. to come. And we have a very unique opportunity um, with this particular technology era to really change the status quo of this continent, you know, to change the narrative, to create, you know, better results, to create wealth, to solve our problems. And if we miss it, you know, um, the, 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 the results of that will be, will be detrimental and it will take so many more years to have another opportunity like this. So it's, we don't have the luxury of not yeah. doing what needs to be done. Oh, I just hear you saying, you know what? We need to have the courage of our conviction. If we believe in this continent, then it's going to take some personal sacrifices. And, 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 um, and there, there's something I often say is that, you know, when I see something that isn't right, I think somebody should do something about this. And then I, I you know, I, I say, wait, I am somebody, right? Like Absolutely. somebody should, should address this thing. And then you're thinking, wait a second, I'm somebody, you know, start where I'm at. Um, but I have to stand and be counted. I cannot have history ask me, where were you? And, you know, I come up with excuses. Which, which leads me to this, Irene. What are some hard truths you can share with our 360 leadership community to help us be more and do more? Hmm. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> time, Irene, we have time. Well, um, th- there's, there's many things, right? There's many things. But I think... Um, one key thing is, is to really take our responsibility in nation building very, very serious. And I think most of us, you know, uh, spend a lot of time um, being caught up 
in the rat race and in our, you know, all these different issues, you know, complaining and, 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 but, you know, and we get comfortable in that space and we don't realize how privileged we are, how capable we are and um, how, you, you know, how, how, how tasked we, we must be to, 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 to be uncomfortable so that we can we can change things for ourselves, but also for um, our communities, our countries, and you know, for our children. I take this very very serious. If we look at some of the things that have happened that we enjoy today in our lives, you know, very very simple things as maternity leave, or you know, the fact that you know we have electricity. Or, you know, simple things in our day-to-day lives, you know, people sacrifice to go out of their way, you know, so that, you know, they can innovate and invent and, you know, change things and, and, and revolutionize so that we're able to enjoy those things. So what is our responsibilities as, as human beings, as countrymen, as parents, <laughs> you know, as, 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 as people? To, 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 to the future generation. That, that for me makes me uncomfortable. And it, 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 I think more people need to think about that. And it's not easy, nothing is easy. Nothing is easy. And I think you, 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 know, you, you just get used to enjoying the process, whether it's easy or hard, right? You know, so I, 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 I mean, my journey has been quite, quite difficult. Every day there's new challenges, newer challenges. So what I've learned is to be more resilient, more resilient. And now I look at the challenges as a process, not as oh my God, happening to me. Why is it? I'm like, okay, so this is the process that I have to deal with right now. What must be done, right? What wow. skill sets am I bringing out of my toolkit? And, 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 and that way it's not personal. I'm, I don't personalize any of these things, you know, uh, and um, the world, our countries, our continent need us, you know, this is, this is, this is survival of, 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 of generations. And um, we cannot be comfortable. That's the hard truth. We can't be comfortable. We can't be just chasing and pursuing things, you know, that are not building our nations. So my hard truth is we really need to take nation building extremely serious and be proactive. No matter where you are, whatever your role, there's something that you can do. That is so powerful. Um, The clarion call to stand up and be counted. The clarion call that the fourth uh, revolution has democratized, right? Um, The marketplace and playing field that this is probably the, the single most unique and dynamic time in the history of civilizations that Africa can equalize, right? And, 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 and then, you know, um, leapfrog and, and, and scale just as the rest of the world, and therefore, we we need to we need to step up. Um, and then you saying that, you know, we need to do hard things. Fred Swanica said said, you know, we're we're created to do hard things. Like when it gets hard, that's not the time for us to say, oh my goodness, maybe this is not for me. You said to you, challenges really now you see them as a process. I think that's so powerful. We we were created to do hard things. We're here to do hard things, not the easy things. And it's the hard things that make a difference, not just to us and our families, that 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 change history. Irina and I, I, I obviously have known you for a very long time. I know you to be this way, and and I'm so grateful that you know you walk the talk and you're inviting us on something that you're not even finding impossible. You speak of things that many people would like to believe are decades into the future, you don't only speak of them today, you're actualizing them today and you're inviting us to come along. 
Now, Irene, if there are three things that we can do today, like somebody's listening to you right now, they're getting convicted, they're getting uncomfortable, but, you know, they're getting excited. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll sign up too. I'll do this too. I'll do this in my area. What three things can we do today to think and do bigger? Just to start off today. Hmm. <laughs> what three things can we do today? I think number one is if I'm I'm speaking to 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 leaders now in the, in their personal journey. Number one is to sharpen your vision, right? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So, what is the vision that you have for yourself, and how? Is that vision um, powering the bigger picture? You know, your community. How is it contributing, right? And 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 um, that's the starting point. And and not being scared to dream and visualize as 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 big as your imagination can 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 take you. And the second thing is. What are you doing today? How are you contributing, you know, to creating a better future today where you are? If you are working in an organization, you know, maybe whether it's a multinational, you know, um, what are you doing to ensure that you're driving that organization so that they're investing in building the right talent for this continent? Or your championing so that part of your supply pipeline are producers of local technology because you know the value of that 30, 40, 50 years from now. Or you're championing, you know, so that your organization is investing in um, building solutions and building ventures and, you know, what are you doing in that space? Or if you're sitting there as a policymaker, what type of policies are you creating that are going to allow for innovation to happen in this continent? You're not just, you know, copying and pasting something that has, is happening somewhere, you know, somewhere where they have already reached, you know, a level of innovation that is creating impact for us globally. And you are putting in policies that are going to limit us instead of, um, re-engineer how we build um, new solutions, right? So, so that is second. And, and the last thing, how, how are you working with other people, you know, within your ecosystem, truly working? I mean, you know, we talk about partnership as if it's, yeah, 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 partnership, partnership-driven, partnership-driven. And, and I feel like I'm really, I've reached a point where I, I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to just, I don't want to meet and, and talk. I, I want to meet and act. Right. <laughs> meet and build. Yes, let's let's meet and build this thing of mm. talking and yes, these are our challenges, you know, these are the obstacles. What is the government? No. W what are you doing? What are we doing? What can we do? Right? So how are you using collaboration efficiently and effectively so that you can start to create change? It's difficult to do these things on our own. It's it's almost impossible to do these things on our own. We don't have the capacity, the capabilities, the, the resources, the financial muscles. We don't have any of that. But together, we are stronger. So how are you truly building with your you know, ecosystems, with your neighbors, with, with the other stakeholders in your value chain? Thank you for that, Irene. I have a question which you, you may not be anticipating but I think this is going to tie in what you just um, charged us with very well. Please tell us your story. Tell us how you went from thinking of what you're doing, uh, connecting with somebody in Kenya, applying for an opportunity in Dubai, speaking on the platform. Next thing an investor looks for you. Next thing you're on CNN. Please talk about how this actually looks like in practice, how you can get up have the courage of your conviction, seek out help. And you said you, you actually put out a note to your network. They said there's a guy in Kenya. You know, let us know how you did that so people can see how intuitive it can be, how you can just start because you have a conviction and, there's something, and you have a vision and something you want to do and how it can all weave together beautifully. 
Yes. So um, I have a very interesting story around what you've just asked. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it was 2022, the journey with Adenian Labs was underway. We had already built the AI Center of Excellence, you know, so we were building capacity, training, da da da. And I was, I, I mean, I still am, you know, in a, in a learning journey. And I, I really was looking into this blockchain technology, trying to understand what it was. But, you know, um, in that journey, I knew, okay, I mean, learning from what we've done with the AI Center of Excellence. I know we need to build capacity. I know we need to train, you know, leaders. I know we need to build solutions. We need to run R&D. So, you know, how, how can we build a center um, of excellence for, for blo blockchain so that we're able to do that? So I, 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 I started researching, you know, uh, then I, I found um, a person within um, my organization who was a blockchain developer and I spoke to him and I'm like, okay, so can we work together to um, create this platform, you know, so we can, we can capacitate um, the industry with blockchain and build blockchain solutions, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, fine, let's do it. I think that was around May. So I started putting together um, a proposal of what the Africa Blockchain Center would do. And I was, as I was doing that, um, someone reached out, um, a company, tech company from Dubai reached out to ask whether there were any blockchain companies in Africa because, you know, they were holding a, a blockchain summit in Dubai and they were struggling to find enough African companies. And I said, okay, yes, we are, we are, we are setting up something. So they invited us to go and talk about what we're building. And uh, so we ended up in Dubai presenting a vision of something that we wanted to build. You know, uh, we were still building it. We, it wasn't even registered as a business. And as we are there, um, you know, uh, CNN reached out because they wanted to profile African companies that are exploring or are building, um, in, in, you know, blockchain uh, technologies. So we ended up being interviewed on CNN. Um, I think that was around June, July. And then um, by August, uh, now at that point, you know, the company was being registered. You know, we had clarity on what we wanted to do. I had brought in a team of um, um, a team, like, like a, a board of directors, you know, to ad, 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 an advisory board, you know, so to speak, to advisors on how we can evolve. And um, someone reached out and said, oh, there's an, an Asian investor looking to invest in uh, blockchain companies in Africa. And I heard, I, I, I saw you guys on CNN. I know you're doing something. Um, can you meet them? So we meet them and we present our vision. And um, within a month, they ended up investing in the company. That was, you know, literally from from idea to 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 registration and 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 figuring things out. You know, that process was around five months. But the the point of the story is, if we had not done any of those things, none of those opportunities would have, you know, uh, landed on our lap because we would not have been ready. You know, most times we are so scared, we overthink things, we sit on things. I'm a firm believer of building as you're flying, right? Yes. <laughs> you will figure it out. And as you're figuring it out, people will connect with you. And, yeah. and, 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 and work with you, you know, so that thing will become a reality. But we want to make sure everything is working, everything is perfect. You know, at that point, if you were to put me on a stage and ask me to talk about blockchain, I probably would not have been able to explain what it was. I was also figuring it out. But, you know, I, I, I knew what needed to be done. I knew what the gap was, you know, and um, I wasn't scared to, to go and build it. Fast forward a year and a half later, the Africa Blockchain Center has trained over 250 blockchain programmers. And I absolutely believe it's one single institution on this continent that has trained that many blockchain programmers. You know, um, we are now doing projects for clients, not just in Africa. There's not enough blockchain projects in Africa, but we're doing projects in Asia, in Europe, and, and, and the demand is growing. You know, um, we are about to launch, you know, our, our, our very exciting solution um, around verifiable credentials, which is a game changer. It's going to change, you know, how um, verification of, you know, things like education is done, you know, which is the whole point 
of, of, of why technologies like blockchain exist, you know? So yes, that's the story. <laughs> and, and, and that's my approach to many things, right? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't overthink it. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, by the time you've created your perfect solution, you haven't tested this thing in the market. The market could put you to shame. Oh, Irene, this is amazing. This is amazing. I am so glad. And I've said this to you countless times. I am grateful you exist because then, then there is evidence that those things that we believe over the continent, that those things we believe people like us could do someday, maybe, you know, if we got to act together, all the excuses and, and the lingo that we use to procrastinate or not to step up and, and, and be counted because you exist, Irene without even meaning to, just by choosing to step out and count the cost and still go ahead to do the things that you believe is required of you for your continent, the rest of us can look to you and say, wait a second, it can be done. And you can start as a single person with a vision and a conviction that this continent has the solutions for the globe. You just spoke about the fact that you have clients in other continents that you're serving. There is Africa bringing global solutions, not just African solutions, because you as an individual exist, Irene. You're telling us, you're both challenging us and you are uh, encouraging us that we too can stand in our own spheres and do great things. And so I am grateful to God you exist. I am grateful to you because I know the cost you paid. And I may not even know fully, but you have truly counted the personal, the professional, the, the, you know, the, the, the family. You've counted the cost and you've stood and Africa will always thank you for it. And I, representing the continent, I am so, so privileged to know you and to watch what God is going to continue doing in and through you. Thank you, Irene Kuya, for joining us on the Modesta Mahiga 360 Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much, Modesta. I appreciate you so much. And um, you have been an encouragement from day one. I, I really appreciate it. You and I will continue to be. Absolutely <laughs> treasured. I am grateful. Irene, we're going to share the links to all your platforms in the description of this episode. If people are to look out for you, they want to get in touch with you, either they want to invest or they're doing something parallel and they'd like to exchange notes, they'd like to partner, how do they reach you? So um, we have our social platforms um, across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, and LinkedIn as Adenian Labs. Um, but also on our website, we have multiple call to actions. Um, currently, we're inv inviting technology enthusiasts, technology champions, technology companies to sign up so that you know, we can explore possibilities of working together um, as affiliate partners, we have built all these different solutions and we need to take them to market and we want to share the pie and create new pies. Um, but I'm very reachable on LinkedIn um, at Irene, you know, I, at Kiwia Irene. Um, I, I, love, I love connecting with people who are looking to create value and uh, yeah, there will be a response <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Thank you again, Irene. I wish you a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you. And you too. Thank you so much. And guess what? I will be back uh, for yet another session as we delve a little deeper into what you do. Thank you so much. I look forward to that. And all the no. best. Thank you so very much. Bye, Irene. Bye.